Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Lots and lots and lots of preview content over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. And by the way, if you are new to the podcast or have not listened to all of them yet, we did preview every single position group just in the past couple weeks, looking at the biggest strengths, weaknesses, question marks, uh, position battles, and even making some predictions. So if you if you haven't quite gotten your fix <laughs> heading into the Michigan football team's 2021 season, we've got lots for you, whether you want to read about it or listen to the podcast while you do, while you drive or do chores or whatever. This episode is going to be our quote-unquote official season preview podcast. Um, we are going to take a look at just a quick, you know, has fall camp changed our minds about anything? Then we're going to go game by game, a bit of a lightning round with our confidence, with our prediction of who wins and our confidence in that prediction. And then we'll look at biggest trap game, predict our leading rusher, leading receiver, leading tackler, leader in sacks, freshman of the year, most improved player of the year and MVP. So kind of just give you our, our general thoughts on, on what Michigan might might look like this fall. Obviously, this is, this is probably maybe the toughest season to predict that I can. Th- I mean, maybe 2015 was was tough to predict, but um, just with with how odd last season was for a number of reasons for the Wolverines and a lot of uncertainty about them and some of the teams they play. But anyway, let's start with this. Fall camp has done blank to my outlook of the season. Steve, I'm going to let you go first with this one. Uh, has it, it doesn't even have to be like the team overall. It can be something specific. It's been a quiet, kind of quiet fall camp a little bit. I mean, there's been a couple players who have stepped up, a couple players who might be losing out on their starting jobs. But, but um, fall camp has done blank to your outlook of Michigan's 2021 season. Uh, maybe slightly raised. So, you know, what uh, I did the Scott, I participated in the Scott Bell kind of media. Yeah, Slappy Steve, nine Dude, and three. I was the only one. I was <laughs> shocked. And I, even after I did it, though, I was like, I don't know, nine and three, maybe a little bit too optimistic. Uh, not necessarily because I think Michigan isn't as good as I think they are. It's more just their schedule is just very difficult, yeah. I think, more than yep. anything. That's the biggest indicator. Like, I, I, I probably would not say nine and three if I filled it out again. I'd probably say eight and four. Uh, which is still, I think, solid, but again, not. I don't think people are going to be thrilled with an eight and four season this year necessarily. Um, yeah, their schedule just real. I mean, they could literally be the number twenty-five team in the country in terms of how good they are, and they could still go eight and four. Yeah, I mean, easily, really. Uh, that's them. Maybe not even that'd be them not even losing a game they're supposed to win either, right? I mean, it's it's what are they fifth or sixth on the SP plus? schedule ranking i believe strength of schedule they're like fifth or sixth number in the country. six yep. yeah and like that's they're always up there it feels like it feels like their top 10 schedule every year uh mostly driven by the fact that they play wisconsin every season adds another top 10 team from the other division in the conference that a lot of other teams don't have to uh to play you know you could go ohio state gets nebraska every year instead so you know there is that but i think the the camp rumblings etc cetera, etc cetera. I think having a starting quarterback set in place and a guy that it feels like the other players have said some really good things about I think that 
you know, some stability there, I think is a positive for Michigan. And then also the other kind of thing I think of is I do like the focus on the culture stuff. Uh, Again, does that end up winning them a game they shouldn't win? I don't know, but I, I, I feel like, you know, I think it was uh, Aiden, one of Aiden Hutchinson's interviews. He did a very open and honest about yeah, back in July, right. Yeah. Where Michigan needed to kind of, where they, where they were really missing some things where they really needed to change. Uh, I thought that's pretty, that's some good self-reflection there. And there's no lack of seniority and potential leadership, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I think the defense will be a little bit better than what pundits think. Uh, so I guess I'd say I'm slightly in a weird way. I'm going to say this, I'm slightly more optimistic but I don't know if I'd predict nine and three like I did uh, in the in the newsletter thing I did. I I had to laugh when I saw you did that. I was like, oh my goodness! Especially because you're right. I mean, come on. No a lot else. of people. A lot of people said eight and four. It's not like it was that outrageous, you know. But the fact like, that no one else said nine and three. Are you su- okay? Really- are you surprised that nobody that not one other person said nine and three? I'm honestly a little surprised. Even you said nine and three. I because because you're right. I mean, this is just there's there's too many unknowns. And we've gone over, you and I have gone over the, the numbers, you know, in, in coverage at, at linebacker and a little bit at cornerback as well. Um, it's just hard to tell how much of that stuff gets fixed overnight. Cause, because they, I don't think they were going to, if they had played 12 games last season, I don't think they go four and eight. I don't, I really don't, but do they win more than six, seven games? I also don't think they would have done that. I mean, maybe, Maybe if some guys come back from injury or don't opt out of the season, I uh, maybe, but you know, this is some of this stuff, some of the stuff can get fixed in one off season, but I think a lot of it can't. And I guess on that note, fall camp has made me more sure of what I think this team is because what's, what's interesting to me, you know, attending these press conferences, kind of, you know, asking around and everything is I actually really believe the offensive positivity like their confidence in the offensive line seems very genuine I think their belief that Cade McNamara uh, can can really lead this team and and make other players want to to work really hard and and, you know bring brings out the best I guess in the in the rest of the starting 11 I actually kind of believe that and then all the talk about Haskins Coram and Edwards you know that 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 kind of stuff I actually think is like real genuine confidence from Michigan not uh, on the defensive side, you know, when you hear such and such is stepping up or such and such looks really good, sometimes they're doing it just in hopes to one to like get fans excited, but two in hopes to maybe bring some motivation out in other players. I feel like there's a lot more um, of that kind of stuff on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you hear about some player looking really good or winning the starting job, and and you kind of wonder, okay, are they winning it by default here? Or are they really? Are they really stepping up in an all big 10 caliber way? So I guess entering fall camp, I thought the offense had a chance to be pretty good and the defense probably needs a month to figure itself out. And even then it might, it probably won't be a, a stout defense. I I agree. I think it can be better than maybe it'll be better than the numbers were last year. um, Partly because they get to play some of the easier teams, but I, I do think the defense can be better than expected. I just, I don't, I don't see how they conjure up a top 20, top 15 defense out of this group in, in, in one year. I mean, they'd really need some major players to step up, but I, I do think the offense 
I mean, it sounds like they got what they needed from fall camp on the offensive side of the ball. It sounds, I mean, and, and, and then one thing that, that helps your case of it being maybe a, a positive fall is I don't believe we've heard of any major injuries. And that is always for any football team. That's always a minor victory. Um, you know, some, some teams are losing starter caliber players for the entire season or, or for three months or, or whatever it is. Um, unless, I mean, I guess we'll see. There's still time between now and when the season starts, but, but that does seem to, uh, it, it could, could be seen as a victory for Michigan if they can get through fall camp and prove what they wanted to improve and then not have any, you know, unfortunate injuries or anything like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, to, I, I think it's, for me, I don't know if I am more confident that Michigan will win more games, but I'm more confident that Michigan is kind of what I thought they were going to be. Um, so anyway, let's, let's do this. Let's go 12, 12 games. I will use a stopwatch because I always talk longer than I, than I mean to, but we'll go game by game, quick thoughts on the game and then prediction and then a confidence in that prediction. All right, Steve, are you ready? I'd be ready. Okay. Western Michigan, September 4th, home game against the Wolverines. Your thoughts on the game, prediction, and confidence score? Uh, I think Michigan comes out, runs the ball effectively. I think it's, I think they win going away, but I don't think it gets anybody excited still about the prospects of them for the season. So I say they win by a few touchdowns. Confidence level nine, probably. Okay. Yeah. I, I think Western might actually, I think it's going to end up being like one of those games that kind of scares Michigan fans. I think they, they do have a good quarterback. I think they know how to throw the ball. They have a pretty good receiving core, um, pretty good running back. If I'm not mistaken as well. And so I think, I think it's actually a little bit higher scoring, but, but I think the trench plays the difference. I mean, Michigan's just going to be bigger and stronger and, and obviously they'll be hungry to play. So I'm going to say Michigan wins uh, confidence level. 8.5 or nine next up Washington home game night game. Washington's another very intriguing team, kind of like Michigan, hard to tell what to make of last season. Your thoughts on this matchup leaning on history here feels like Michigan's always very tough to beat at home at night. Am I wrong there? I feel like that, that they usually play really well. I don't believe they've lost a night game at home. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're there. There's something about them at home at night that seems to bring the best of them out. Um, a lot on the line. This has got to be a game Michigan circling on the. I think the coaches are probably circling this one on the calendar because if they can get past them, I think it'll really, really build the confidence of this team. Uh, that they have what Northern Illinois and Rutgers before they go to Wisconsin. You know, yep. I, I suspect I, I'm picking Michigan to win. I say I don't know, probably between seven and ten points, something like that. Confidence level six, five, six. Okay. Yeah. I I'm in a similar boat. I think the home atmosphere, um, they have lost night games, but they were last year when they didn't have fans in the stands. I I think, I think having fans in the stands and I, I imagine it will be a pretty uh, enthusiastic crowd. I mean, a lot of fans waited a long time to see Michigan football. I know people are kind of down on the team, but there's still a lot of fans who are, who get really excited, um, you know, about going to the stadium, especially maybe for a, for a big time matchup. Yeah, I think I think the home the home fields makes a difference, and I, I and I do think, even though Western Michigan 
is probably uh, on the higher, on the better end of MAC teams. I think I w- would suspect Michigan has been able to kind of put together a game plan, has been able to kind of figure it out, um, and has also been able to conceal things. I mean, that defense, you know, what I don't know if Washington's going to be able to truly know what Michigan's defense is about. I don't know if that makes the end of the world difference, but I, I'm predicting Michigan to win confidence level. Uh, I'm like a four on that. Next up, Northern Illinois feels like a pretty easy one. Um, your thoughts. Uh, it'll be like some very, very low consolation prize to beat Rocky Lombardi in a different oh. uniform, <laughs> uh, you know, for fans, it'll be one of those like, well, that's great, but it would have been a lot nicer to beat him in a Michigan state uniform the year before. Right. Uh, probably Michigan's easiest game on paper. Right. I mean, you got to think this is the one, I don't know where they are compared to Western. Maybe I'm a little off there, but uh, no, they're, they're worse than Western. Yeah. So comfortable. I think comfortable win, easy win. We get, maybe we get to see some young guys on the field. Uh, confidence level nine. Yeah. I I'm actually a confidence level 10. I think this is the one true freebie on Michigan's schedule of the whole season. Uh, this, and, and if Michigan's, smart I don't know if they're smart I think this is a game where you put JJ McCarthy out there one to kind of show fans what the future looks like two because the schedule gets a lot tougher uh, odds are at some point you are going to need your backup quarterback to play a key drive and if your backup quarterback is a true freshman you need to give them snaps and give them reps and get them accustomed to things Uh, the next week home game against Rutgers your thoughts Uh, another win I do like what Greg Schiano is doing there. It may, you know, he probably should have never left in the first place. Uh, you know, kind of fascinating to, to wonder what Rutgers could have been if he had just continued to be the head coach there. Um, they're recruiting really well. They're not what they were a couple of years ago. I mean, they're a legit team that you can't, I don't think they're a, a laughing stock or a joke necessarily anymore. So, you know, and really they should have beat Michigan last year. Like <laughs> that was Michigan was lucky to win that game, if we're being honest, and in a lot in more ways than one. Uh, but getting them at home, I think Michigan Coast takes it home. Confidence level probably like eight or so on that one as well. Yeah, it was a pretty banged up Michigan team. Uh, you know, I, I think if they had played, but, but and then the other part is the home field advantage. I I, I feel like this will be a pretty comfortable win. I Rutgers is not the doormat, but I don't. I don't know if I'm sitting here saying that they're going to be good. You know, I think they're in the, the five and seven kind of team, you know, going through a, through a big 10 schedule. So um, I think Michigan wins Rutgers defense is, is, is a little interesting just because I think they have enough playmakers on offense to, to do a shootout as they showed last season. But, but really if, if Michigan plays Cade McNamara from start to finish last season, they win that game by 17 points. So I'm going to say Michigan wins confidence level uh, 7.5. All right. Next up, I believe at Wisconsin, your thoughts. I think this will be their first loss again, just on paper. Madison's a place they've always kind of struggled at, at least recently. Um, Not going with the stat. I think the stat is they had, they haven't won in Madison in like 20 years, but they've only played five games there. Yeah, they haven't played. They've only played five games there, but still, the thing with Wisconsin, though, that I can't, you know, is I'm still I'm still kind of imagining last year's game in my head, 
but then failing to kind of remember how badly Wisconsin sputtered at the end of the year last year. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, there's this vision in my head that will Wisconsin look like a top 10 team when they played Michigan last year. Well, they barely, would they go four and three? Yeah. They were in the Duke's Mayo bowl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, So with that, you know, but it's just, Michigan has just struggled with their brand of football the last few years. And I don't know if Michigan's front seven is equipped to, to slow down what Wisconsin likes to do right now. Honestly, I think that's the biggest hurdle. I think, I think there's reason to believe Michigan offensively could have some success. Um, I think Wisconsin is going to be stout. Like they, there'll be Wisconsin, but overall, I mean, on the road, Wisconsin's good. They'll already have had a big test. I think they host Penn State in week one. They also play Notre Dame. There the you go. I mean, so they'll be Chicago. so they'll be yeah. pretty battle tested, right? So and then they come back to the, you know, come back home in front of the home crowd. I do think it'll be Michigan's first loss of the season. And then my so my confidence level in the loss, is that how we're going about it? Yeah. Say a seven, seven and a half. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I'm a little intrigued because if Wisconsin happens to lose to Penn state and Notre Dame, you know, are they going to be kind of a, a downtrodden team? Everyone knows what, what a second loss means. And in today's college football playoff scenario, um, you know, are they going to be beat up potentially? Are they going to be kind of exposed? Is there going to be a formula to beating Wisconsin? You know, there's a, there's a couple variables that, that make it interesting because yeah, they, they host Penn state, they play Eastern Michigan, they play Notre Dame in Chicago. I think it's in Chicago and then they then they host Michigan it's like man that is a that's a whammy of a, of a first month of the season so curious about it but honestly yeah the, the style of play until we see something very different for Michigan's defensive line it's just hard to imagine them not averaging seven yards a carry and winning this game by quite a bit so I'm going to say confidence level eight that Michigan loses next up on the schedule I think you called this your trap game a few months ago at Nebraska. Your thoughts? It's still my trap game, even despite like all the most of the news around Nebraska and Frost right now. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. more going on there than, um, you know, I think our Nebraska writer posted. You know, we almost made it to the to the season without any uh, drama over there. It's been a pretty tumultuous tenure for Scott Frost so far. I still, though, there's just something about this game. Uh, Lincoln's a raucous place. I suspect the game is going to end up being at night. I would be very – because I think if I looked at their at Nebraska schedule, I believe this is the biggest home game that they'll host, um, and it's still early enough in the season to be at night. So I'm, I'm actually – I'm going to pick Nebraska. I think Michigan loses two in a row. I'll pick Nebraska in an upset. Confidence level will still be low here, probably like a – two or a three Uh, just, you know, those, these are the types of road games that we've seen Michigan lose under Harbaugh. So I'm going to lean on that a little bit. And because Michigan always, because it's Michigan uh, once or twice a year, they always seem to get that game that's circled on the calendar all year for the other team. Like their, their, their prime home game uh, is against Michigan. And I feel like Nebraska a lot of pressure on them to win some football games. This will be one where I think the pressure will be super high. I think they'll, I think they'll come out and with an upset win. I'll take Nebraska confidence level, like two and a half, I guess. Okay. 
I do not agree. I think Michigan will win this game. I think Nebraska is just not a very good football team. And, and you are right that Michigan has struggled on the road. I don't believe they've lost to a team with a losing record on the road. And I, I just, I mean, it, there's, it's really hard for me to look at Nebraska and say there'll be a seven or eight win team. I just, I really don't see it. You know, they ha- lost a lot in the transfer portal. Um, you know, they haven't recruited as well as I think they maybe expected to under Scott Frost. And, and it's just, um, I mean, things are clearly not going well. And you're, and you're right. The drama, I think, creates a cloud as well. I mean, there's a small part of me that wonders if Scott Frost will be coaching by the time, you know, the, the Michigan game comes around. And that's not a prediction. That's just kind of thinking out loud. You know, if we recorded this next week, yeah, they play, they play, they play in 40 play Illinois. Yeah. Well, and, and here's Might the other thing. <laughs> Last season, at the end of the season, they lost to at home to Minnesota, the same Minnesota team. Michigan actually beat pretty soundly, and they lost at home to Illinois by like 17 points. An Illinois team that changed their coach. So I, I just, I really don't think Nebraska's any good. Um, you know, I think they're, they're probably one of the easier, if it wasn't at a pretty raucous stadium and a good atmosphere, I would say this might be one of the easier games on Michigan's schedule. Instead, I'm going to say a win with a confidence level of four. Next up, this is an interesting one at Michigan State. Your thoughts? Wait, pause, pause, pause. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I don't think that's the next game. Yeah, their next game is home against Nebraska or Northwestern. Okay, yeah. Um, How do you feel about that one? <laughs> no, that's fine. So Northwestern, such a they're they're that they and Iowa are the two teams in conference. Maybe Iowa a little more consistent, but it, it feels like it's you don't know what you're gonna get year to year from Northwestern. Again, I think the fact is at home, even though Ryan Field becomes a borderline home game for Michigan when they go there, there's so many uh, Michigan grads in the Chicago area. You know, Northwestern good. They just named Hunter Johnson, their starting quarterback, who's a former five-star for 24-7 transfer from Clemson. Uh, it sounds like that was a surprise uh, to many. Well, he that, wasn't any good last – or he wasn't right? any good when he last played. Um, right. So yeah, Ryan Holinsky was supposed to win that. Job. Yes. Yes. This met with a lot of surprise. And they also, I want to say another one of their, I think they have a pretty good player that's out for the season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picking Michigan. This would probably be a good game. I feel like these two teams, for whatever reason, this is always you know, Northwestern's one of those one or two teams in conference that it just always seems to be a close game when the two teams play for whatever reason, uh, maybe something a little similar, but I'll take Michigan at home confidence level. I'll say six. Yeah. It's, it's running back Cam Porter who is out for the season due to injury. I think Northwestern quietly was one of the few teams that really benefited from a COVID year last year. I think, I think that they, you know, everyone knows that they don't really have much of a home field advantage. I think that they, they actually really did a nice job as a team avoiding positive tests, not just during the season, but also during, fall camp when you're when you're trying to develop as a team um, they stayed pretty healthy and they had a lot of experienced players I, I I don't know the exact number I tried to look it up just now um, but they I believe they lead the Big Ten in fewest returning starters from last season and then um, you know their defensive coordinator who uh, is from Michigan by the way but but he is an amazing defensive coordinator he's been been the defensive coordinator for years and years there um, really impressive career 
he's gone. So I think there's just a few questions and, and they, I mean, when was the last time they beat Michigan in Ann Arbor? You know, I know that that's, you know, they're different teams, different eras and everything, but um, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, even, even Michigan's so-so teams have, have been able to hold off decent Northwestern teams. So I'm going to say Michigan wins confidence level seven. Now we can talk about Michigan state. Yeah. just repeat ish. What I kind of said is I, I almost think last year's outcome is, is what will propel Michigan to a win here. Like Michigan state still hasn't figured out who their starting quarterback is. They weren't like, it's like they weren't really good. Even when they beat Michigan, uh, that was one of the, and, and at Michigan state, they've done it. I don't know how many times they've done it the last, however many years, uh, just somehow kind of squeak it out against Michigan. Um, I don't suspect there's, there's going to be a repeat there. You know, I think Michigan goes into East Lansing uh, ironically where Jim Harbaugh has not lost as Michigan's head coach. Uh, I think they come out with another win just because it's a rivalry. The confidence level will be a little bit lower. Uh, probably a, I'll say like a four and a half, but I think Michigan wins. Yeah, this, this is maybe my equivalent of the Nebraska game. I just, I don't feel like one, I feel like Michigan state, even though they they're you can dunk on them all you want. I, you know, about, losing a lot of players to the portal, not having anyone drafted. They're going to be an experienced team. And, and I do think they've had some pretty strong additions in the transfer portal. Um, you know, I feel like their development program is better than it was this time a year ago. And I, and I, I think one thing that, that is interesting to me is I think Michigan State really has good buy-in right now. I think, I think people really – not people, players, that's, that's who it's important – uh, have really good buy-in with, with Mel Tucker. And so the question for me, I'll probably change this prediction throughout the season. You know, I, I want to see what Michigan looks like. I also want to see what Michigan State looks like because, you know, it's not like they – none of these Big Ten East teams have an easy schedule this year. And so, you know, are they, are they as bad as they could be or are they kind of a sneaky, overachieving team I think for now, I'm going to say Michigan wins, but it's going to be a confidence level one. Um, just, I don't know. If, if Michigan State has a pulse, you know, that, that, that they, they can make that Michigan game everything. And, and you know, Mel Tucker's already shown he can do that. So it's not like out of the question that they, they play some crazy, they play out of their minds against Michigan and then, you know, lose to Maryland later in the season or something like that. Um, I think they lost by like 50 to Iowa the next weekend last year. I mean, Iowa beat them like 56 <laughs> to like 13 or something the next weekend. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and they lost, I, I still think they lost to Rutgers because they spent the whole, you know, build up to the season game planning for Michigan. I think someone told Mel Tucker and probably rightfully so just game plan for Michigan. You know, if you lose to Rutgers, but beat Michigan, no one will care, um, <laughs> which is probably, accurate actually Not wrong at all. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah so you know i'd have to you know, they have a lot of new ish starters or, or key players but that's that's probably my trap game uh next up on the schedule home against indiana your thoughts you know indiana's getting a lot of love i think some of it warranted but the number i can't get over with them was their turnover margin from last year. 
don't feel like I think it was a plus. I can't remember the exact number. It was very, it was, it was a big turnover margin though. To the point where you're calling fluke a little bit. Um, maybe more like they're going to revert to the mean, I guess. Not that that was a fluke, but just, you know, the turnover margin, I like, they're not going to do that again. Yeah. Right. Um, I think Michigan wins again, this it's at home. If it was in Bloomington again, maybe I'd be picking Indiana. I mean, I, Michigan's home field has made a difference for them under Harbaugh. I mean, that's one thing outside of what Ohio state really, uh, that home is in Michigan, uh, in Michigan state, state yeah. sorry, <laughs> has been, you know, before last season, here's the, here's the stat. They were 30 and five at home under Jim Harbaugh. And it's not hard to look at. I mean, it really is only Michigan state and, and Ohio state, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. So 30 and five, that's yeah. really impressive. So I, 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 I lean on that in these types of games where it's like, I think Indiana's good. I'm not saying they're not going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be as, I don't think they'll perform as, I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Um, and I think Michigan is better than they were last year, obviously. And they get them at home. So I'll take Indiana confidence level three, just because I think Indiana is a, a, they're not Indiana. We talk about Rutgers not being the laughing stock anymore. Indiana's not, uh, you know, they're a, they're legit now. I mean, they're going to be a team for, you know, this is not going to be a, you know, I don't know if Michigan's going to go on another 40 game winning streak against them or whatever it was uh, leading into last year. So, uh, you know, I'll go Michigan to confidence level three. Yeah. It was, it was really funny. Cause I think Indiana reporters at big 10 media days were doing, we're asking all the coaches like, Oh, what is it like now that Indiana seems like a very, you know, good stellar team. And, and Jim Harbaugh was correct. He was like, Oh, we've got we've had two games against them going to overtime and two more were decided by 10 points <laughs> so it's like so like Michigan actually is maybe the one team that that takes Indiana seriously um, don't forget Mike Hart's on Michigan now you know they, they can change the play calls a little bit but but he's gonna have a pretty good scouting report on Indiana it is at home it's really hard to pick against Penix I, who I think is before, until unless CJ Stroud um, until he proves otherwise. I think Penix is the best quarterback in the Big Ten, you know, and 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 they do they have a really good buy-in as well, you know. I think they'll be pretty inspired, but I, I think that late in the season, I think teams will have kind of figured Indiana out. Um, you know, they did lose a lot of coaches and a lot of starters, and you know my rule from last year, Steve, when a team had a surprisingly good year and returns their starting quarterback always take the under on their win total in the big 10. Cause they always get a little over overrated, overinflated. It's happened. Michigan's been on that, done that before. Um, you know, I think Minnesota was that team last season. So I'm, I'm taking Michigan to win confidence level uh, three or four. Uh, I, I, I do think, I do think that home field advantage makes a difference next up at Penn state. So, you know, these two teams, we talk about these two teams every year, how they're covered so differently. And what was Penn State last year before they beat a severely underhanded Michigan team? Were they oh were they over at the time? They were 0 and five, but they did close the season with four straight wins. And who did they beat? Like I don't know. Right? I didn't no, have I, that ready. <laughs> that was a rhetorical that was more oh, okay. rhetor- was more rhetorical. Um and you you and they lost well, they lost Simmons or uh, Parsons. They lost Oa. Um, you have people picking them as a dark horse playoff candidate. Meanwhile, the same. This is just one preview, and I don't, but but it does seem like 
It's Michigan struggles last year. They had way more guys out than Penn State did. Uh, are you sure? I think it was pretty similar, actually. Well, when you add injuries into the mix, too, though? Uh, I mean, you talk, you're talking Nico's out, Ambry Thomas is out, Mayfield missed a bunch of time, Hutchinson missed most of the season. McGrone, Hayes. McGr- like, no, you, I, could ar- I, you could argue I that. Know, I, I remember I added it up, though, and, and Penn State was missing. I mean, that, that whole game shouldn't have been played. I mean, neither team had any of their five best players. I think Michigan had quitty payback. Um, but otherwise, yeah, neither team had any of their five best. I think they were actually in a really similar situation last year. And the one thing to remember is Penn State was going to be extra star heavy last season because they had Parsons, they had Fryermuth. Uh, I can't remember the running back's name off the top of my head, but uh, he was Brown. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were supposed to be like all Big Ten players. So, right. So I'm literally reading previews that are picking Michigan to go six and six and they're picking Penn state to go 10 and two when Penn state has to go to Wisconsin, to Iowa, to Ohio state. And then they also play off. They also have Auburn and Michigan. Who on earth would say 10 and two. There's people I've seen a few that are are, are saying they're a top, a top 10 team. That has a chance to be there an out there an outside can or a dark horse candidate to go to the playoffs. I have I have a, a sympathy headache just from the reaching done there. Oh my goodness. I mean it's so but that's but but <laughs> what my point is is there's just always been such a difference in the way these two programs have been covered in the national light. To me, they've been relatively even since Jim Harbaugh's been there. I'd probably give Penn State the nod overall due to their bull the bull success they've had. Granted, they're playing Memphis. Michigan's playing Alabama, even though it's a New Year's Six versus a non-New Year's Six. But either even then, I would say Penn State probably been the better football program in the last five years or however long Harbaugh's been there. But I can never figure out why they're viewed. Michigan is recruited better. That's just a fact. I mean, based on the rankings, Michigan is recruited better. Uh, they have more wins. Michigan right. has more wins. I'm so I'm I'm picking Michigan in this one. Just because I, I I think this is one this is one area like they've played well at Penn State. Now they struggled. They got the they got the crap kick out of them the one year. Besides that, yeah. though, they have the win, and then lat the the game a couple years ago where they are a drop away from taking it to overtime, uh, coming back from three touchdowns down. It's also not going to be at night, which I've I think I read that Penn State's actually under five hundred in night whiteout yeah they're like four and five or something and well because like, it's usually like an ohio state, ohio state right yeah though, it is but... fair that's fair i don't disagree but um you know michigan for the most part usually tends to play penn state pretty well um so this is the one road game i think the one big road game i think michigan gets the job done confidence level one i mean just because penn state is going to be a good team don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not poo-pooing on penn state it's more like i just how in the in one in the same preview you can pick Penn State to go ten and two and pick Michigan to go six and six just boggles my mind, uh, you know. But I will take Michigan in a close game, confidence level one. Yeah, Penn State's not going ten and two. I don't come, think come, no, I, yeah. come yell at me if they if they do and you're a Penn State fan you're listening. Come find me. I'll I'll own it. I'll even do a whole tweet about it. They're not going ten and two. I think they'll be a good team. Uh, that's 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 a lot of victories that you're kind of really, really projecting when, I mean, they lost to Iowa 
by 20 last year. They lost to Nebraska. They lost to Maryland by 16 points. You know, it's so it's and th- their wins, by the way, were Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Illinois. So the Michigan one, I mean, they were two and four. Rutgers was worse than Michigan. Michigan State was barely better than Michigan, and Illinois probably was worse than everybody. So um, I think they're I think they're pretty even teams. You know, and so this will be one where that's been my that's my point, right? Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole argument. Not saying that like I didn't disagree. No, 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 no. I just <laughs> I always like that one always kind of gets me going a little bit because it, it's you just look at how the two teams are viewed. It's the, the Spider Man meme, man. They're 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 the same exact. Yes, I agree. weirdly not great, but generally good program uh, that that is nowhere close to Ohio State. I don't think either of them are, and. So it's, yeah, I, but you know, one thing that they did that Michigan didn't do this year after their bad season and, and they, they didn't have a great recruiting class, but they had a fantastic transfer class. I mean, they added at least off the top of my head, four starters. So I, I'm, I think they will be solid. And then I actually do think they have a pretty good home field advantage. I mean, you can, there, there are, the, there is the night game stat. It won't be quite at night, but the sun will set at like five you know, in that game and, and the crowd will be into it. I'm going to take Penn state confidence level um, four. So I I don't think it's a a sure thing. I think if Michigan has only lost to Wisconsin at that point in the season, I do think that means that Michigan is a team that can go into that game with a little bit more confidence. Technically I have not predicted them to lose any other game, but I think they will drop one between the Wisconsin and Penn state games. So I'm going to take Penn State to win. Next up at Maryland. So Mike Loxley's head coaching record, I believe, is 8-43 and 43 heading into this season. Uh, on that alone, I just – on paper, it's hard for me to pick. Where was Maryland. he at before? Like New Mexico State? Well, you had, he, this is a second stint at Maryland. Oh, yeah. Um, they've recruited well. I think Tag uh, – to his brother, Talia, will be the starting quarterback. Maryland, honestly, they're one of those teams, like, they always feel like they have the talent to be better than what they are, but they never quite can kind of put it together. And it can sit, like, they'll, they'll, give a, they'll give an Ohio State a scare, you know, like they did a couple of years ago, but can't string together a 6-7 win type season. Um, College Park, not a very – you know, intimidating atmosphere to play in either, uh, at least as things stand now. So of their road games, this feels like the most winnable one. Yeah, it is the most winnable one for sure. Um, I'll go with Michigan confidence level, probably like six and a half, seven, just cause it's on the road. I am. I'll say Michigan less confident. I, I think Maryland has talent. I think that, you know, any youth, at that point, they'll they'll have kind of overcome. Um, as of right now, they have the more accomplished and experienced and arguably better quarterback. Um, and and then it is on the road. And then it's also the week before the Ohio State game. And Ohio State fans can tell you, you know, even even Maryland can can kind of catch you napping a little bit the week before the game. So I, I still think Michigan wins. I, I, I think they're the better football team. Um, usually Michigan has a pretty large contingent at that, at, at, at Maryland, just because of all the DC Michigan fans. 
but my confidence level is maybe like a four or five. Finally, Ohio State. I guess I mean they have a new quarterback. They have some new start. They have a new starting running back. They have new starters on the defense. Any reason that this isn't a ten out of ten confidence that Ohio State wins? Ten out of ten. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd pick any game as a ten out of ten out of ten. Maybe a little bit too. Okay. Would we agree that? I mean, could we at least agree this? This would you Ohio bet a thousand dollars that Ohio State would win? Yeah, I mean, but that'd be the same as betting. Yeah, I would. As things stand right now, but would you agree? This Ohio State team has maybe more questions than Ohio State teams of the past three or four seasons, maybe. Yes, I do agree with that. I think Ryan Day, this will be his real, you know, because before he kind of inherited a car that was already going 90 miles an hour. This is the uphill. Like, we're going to see how he accelerates the program. Um, Every new starting quarterback in itself is a big question because not everyone is Justin Fields and not everyone is Dwayne Haskins. Now, Ryan Day coached both of those guys so there's a track record but there'll be some there'll be some questions they have to answer yeah and of course, don't get me wrong like cj stroud has a chance to be a, a great college quarterback but we haven't seen him yet like there's that like that you know ohio state's had really good quarterback play um and running back play which i'm not as for them i'm not as concerned about running back. even their freshman travion henderson's a, a freaking stud i mean he's He'll, I actually, I think he'll end up being the guy by the end of the year. Honestly, uh, he's that good and he fits. He seems to fit his, his running style seems to really fit Ohio state's offense to a T we know they're loaded at receiver. They are every year, uh, defensively. They have a, what I would say a good to great player at every level, you know, Haskell Garrett took a huge leap last year up yeah. in the interior of the defensive line. I mean, there was talk there for a while. He was looking like, somewhat of a bust just because he was really highly ranked and it really wasn't living up, but came out in a big way last year. Seven banks seems to be their next big guy at, at, at defensive back as is going to be a stud. Uh, they got experience at safety. I know Josh Proctor, really good player kid out of Oklahoma has been good for them. So yeah, they always had like talent's never the issue with Ohio state. I don't think it ever will be. So just on the talent discrepancy alone, I think it's, it's going to be obviously it's going to be an uphill battle for Michigan to win. You have to hope that we see more of a, you know, 16 and 17 versus Ohio state, even though they didn't win either of those games, they absolutely, they had multiple chances to win both of those games. I think if you're Michigan, that's what you hope for. I think this team is a lot more talented than the 17 team on paper. Um, you know, I'll say Ohio State, I'll say confidence level probably I'm gonna go eight and a half. I just I wanna see what they I wanna see what they look like um uh, with a new quarterback at the helm. You know, like I said, we could be in three weeks, we could be talking about Stroud as an early Heisman candidate. I mean that that's very very real possibility, but we haven't seen him yet. You know, it's not like lat going into like last year theoretically, where we've seen just what Justin Fields can do. Um you know, get hurt and then come in the next play and, and make the best throw of the game. You know, <laughs> right. it's like that, that like, I don't like, that's something that you can't like, you're not guaranteed to have that with every guy that comes through your program. And uh, so I just want to see Ohio state's quarterback situation, see how that offense works uh, with a different guy at the helm. And then, you know, maybe we'll shift that prediction as the season goes forward. 
So I would bet a thousand dollars that Ohio State beats Michigan this year. Um, you know, that doesn't guarantee that they do. I could be wrong, but if my rule is, I, if I'd bet a thousand dollars, I'm ten out of ten confident. Uh, likes likes your breakdown. I mean, they 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 have they they kind of got to see their next wave of players. I think they're going to have really good defensive end play this season as well. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's there's a pretty good chance Michigan is closer just because those other games were so lopsided. Uh, but, but at you the know, same time, Ohio state is on a different level right now. I mean, their their numbers, I think they've won like 60 of their last, like 65 big 10 games or something like that. It might even be more than that. Ryan day hasn't actually lost in the regular season yet. So yeah, for me, 10 out of 10, Ohio state wins. Okay, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we've got a lightning round of uh, some superlatives this season. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. So I think we outlined biggest trap game in in our predictions. I, I think I think we both technically ended up at nine and three, but but there's a couple games. I think they'll lose one of the Nebraska, Michigan State, Washington, Indiana games. In yep. reality, I, I I don't think they're Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit more confident about Northwestern actually, but. Um, but anyway, I think they aggregate lose one of those games I'm less confident in. So I'm at eight and four. Are you at eight and four as well? Like, yeah. So I, same thing. I, I picked nine and three to go through these predictions, but I agree that one of these games, I think maybe they'll slip up. Like I said, the biggest reason for me is just that week to week, the schedule is just, it's difficult. It's very difficult. So yeah. I think there will be a slip up somewhere in there. You picked two upsets in, um, they would beat Penn state on the road and then they would, lose at Nebraska. Um, and then I think, I guess technically we both might've picked upsets. I don't know what the spread is for the home against Washington and home against Indiana. Right. But, but I, I, I'm pretty relatively confident they'll hold serve at home other than Ohio state. Um, it's more of the road games that give me pause. Anyway, let's run through these leading rusher this season. I'm changing uh, my pick. I'm cha- I, you know, I know I did the I know, bold prediction. I, I know where you're going already. Yeah. Donovan Edwards, I, I predicted. I still think he could be just because I think there, he's got that potential to have like a 200-yard rushing game at some point, and that obviously helps you become a leading rusher on the team. But I did my most important player story on Hassan Haskins the other day. started looking up his numbers. It's just ridiculous. Last 16 games, he has – a thousand rushing yards, 5.6 yards per carry, zero fumbles, 40 broken tackles, 689 yards after contact. Um, I'm trying to think if there was a, another stat that was important there. Um, only 11.3 carries per game. Yeah, that's what it is. So if they give him the ball, you know, 15 times a game and have an okay offensive line rushing the ball and run blocking, 
I mean, he has a chance at a thousand yards this year. I, I, I really underrated him, even though I call him Michigan's most underrated player, even I underrated him. So he's, he's my pick for leading rusher. Your thoughts. Yeah, that was, that was a good stat dive there. Cause that, I mean, Haskins is one of those guys when you're watching him, you can see he's effective, but you, the, you don't really understand the raw numbers those after contact numbers are elite. Like, 3.85 yards per carry after contact. That's, that's like draft. Someone, he's going to get drafted. Someone he, tweeted like, at me that Najee Harris was at 3.74. There yards you go. Per carry after contact. I mean, if he like Hassan Haskins is quietly a, a, a very decent draft prospect for Michigan with numbers like that, those are numbers that'll get you drafted for sure. Yeah. He'll they don't te- even care about your 40 time. No, he'll case. test well athletic. He'll test well though. Still he's, he's still a, a really good athlete. Um, biggest takeaway from your article about him was that, that they need to get him the football more. And I don't think it should yeah. even be a question. Like it was yeah. really, it really kind of became, why didn't they get him the football even <laughs> more than they did? Uh, maybe, you know, the, the, the big picture in person in me thinks maybe they, saw last year as a lost season and didn't want to put too much mileage on him. I mean, that's the only, I wonder if that But the last two games of the season is when they really started to give him carries. I think his thing, I think he struggled to stand out in practice. I think he's like the opposite of. A hype. The, he's the, yeah. He's the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the guy I'm we don't a, write, we, we don't write fall reports about him. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Josh Gaddis said it this spring, he, he even opened up. He was like, honestly, he's not someone that's going to stand out a ton in practice. It's more his durability, his strength and how much he fights for extra yards and games. That's what separates him. So I think they finally figured that out. And so he got 40 carries in the last two games after getting 21 in the first four games. So I think they I think they started trending that way, but obviously with Corum and Edwards, it'll be interesting to see how they juggle all the carries. I still, I, it's gotta be Haskins though, just because of that. There's, there's such a premium also there's such a premium on not fumbling the football. Yep. And who knows more about that than the guy that's coaching him now, the guy that didn't fumble it once in his career till his final game, <laughs> you know, like, so there's a premium there. I, I just, you know, he has the most, he's big enough to be a bell cow type back. Uh, too many reasons really for him to not be the leading rusher, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing is like, he's just not a big play guy. He had one last season against Penn State, and he had a, he had a couple here and there, but but it's um, uh, you know, I could see Corum or Edwards having more in an individual game than Haskins, but over the course of the season, yeah. Leading receiver Ronnie Bell has done it two years in a row, uh, much to everyone's surprise, or I guess maybe not last year wasn't too surprising, but the year before was a was a surprise. Picking Ronnie Bell, or are you picking someone else? Ah, just be safe and take Ronnie Bell. Talk about underrated, under talked about still, even now. Um, it's always we're talking about Cornelius Johnson, we're talking about AJ Henning, we're talking about can Dalen Baldwin crack the rotation, and nobody talks about Ronnie Bell again, <laughs> even though he was it was been their leading receiver the last two seasons. Uh, you know, I, I seemed like he had a rapport with McNamara as well. You know, I don't really think that changed much after he took over for Milton. So no, I'll go with, I got to go with the safe pick Ronnie Bell with Cornelius Johnson being the other guy. I think that's capable of overtaking him there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't count out Mike Sainer still. If you want to talk about who Cade McNamara had chemistry with, I mean, Mike Sainer still was like a ghost all season having a really bad season. And 
McNamara comes in. I think, I think Sainer still caught two touchdown passes from him and, and seemed to be kind of someone McNamara knew where he was going to be in, in time to, to kind of go through the reads and say, that's, that's where I'm going with the ball. But yeah, Ron, I think one thing Bell will do is I think he'll, he'll have more catches than the other receivers. I mean, unless, unless someone really, really steps up, I think everyone else has more big play potential, but Bell, I guess not dissimilar to Haskins will consistently be there every game, getting, getting a handful of catches. So um, plus I think he can move back to the slot a little bit this season, which might actually help him from an efficiency standpoint. So I'm going to go with Ronnie Bell, probably a safe pick there. Leading tackler, a lot of different directions you could go. Who, who, who are you picking? I'll go with Josh Ross. I think he sticks in that starting role. And uh, just because he's a linebacker, I mean, that the, the objective is to up front to plug the gaps to let these guys make some plays. I think, I think Ross ends up being – because I think, I think teams feel like they're going to be able to run the football against Michigan – and some are going to be able to. So, I, so I'm going to go with Ross for that reason. Michigan doesn't have – there's still the question mark in the middle for them, and I think that means that the linebackers are going to have to clean up a lot of four- and five-yard runs throughout the season. So I'm going to go with Ross. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ross as well. I, I, I was tempted to maybe throw Nakai Hill Green in there or maybe Brad Hawkins um, or even Aiden Hutchinson, but – but I think Ross ultimately is going to be involved in the most plays. And he's quietly averaged like 10, y- 10 tackles per game over the last two seasons. Now he's been injured. Uh, he was injured before. And then last season was a, was a shortened season. So it hasn't been like a 100 tackle season, but he's, he's right just under 10 tackles per game. So um, kind of got to go with him. And, and I think if you're a Michigan fan, you're, you're hoping that those are good tackles, not you know, kind of by default. Um, because you know Ross did not have a good season last year, still ended up with a lot of tackles. Leading sacks, I, I'll, I'm just going to throw it out there. I imagine you agree. Aiden Hutchinson, this kind of feels like it might be a Brandon Graham, was it 2009 or 2008 type of season where the defense was just uh, really, really bad, but, but Brandon Graham was super, super good, so he got to put up crazy good numbers. Feels like it's lining up for that kind of year for Hutchinson. Yeah, I don't think this defense will be as bad as the 2008 defense. Uh, Michigan better hope it's not right. as bad as the 2008 <laughs> defense. And there's a lot more talent on this defense than there was in the 2008 unit. But, yeah, I could see Hutchinson, yeah, kind of being the, uh, I don't know, the diamond in the, I don't know, whatever. Uh, he'll be their best player. He'll be in position to make a lot of big yes. plays. Yes, so I, I, I just think, you know, I think we'd argue he's their – probably their best player, regardless of position. Therefore, he's going to be a guy that's going to end up making some plays for them. So, yeah. And I like I like this edge situation for him. I think it gives him a lot more opportunity to finish, yeah. uh, you know, which is yeah, where – standing up, starting – Yes, it. absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think he's got – I think he has potential to do some real damage from that position. So, um, so yeah, it's got to be Hutchinson. I don't – I think the bigger question would be, like, who would be second? You know, uh, Ooh, yeah. You know, I think that'd be a really interesting question to try to tackle. Is uh, you know, who'd be the next guy behind him in sacks? Would it be like a specialist like Ojabo? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say. That that that'll may, maybe be one of the more interesting storylines this year is who can kind of become that other pass rusher. You know, we've seen Michigan 
in past seasons going on a little bit here, but there's that push and pull, you know, you had Winovich and Gary, where it's like if when Winovich was out, Gary didn't wasn't as effective because there was nobody on the other side that they had to, you know, worry about maybe bringing another body over for and vice versa, you know, sort of the same with Hutchinson and pay also, well now Quiddy, obviously Quiddy is gone. So, you know, who's going to kind of be that other guy to maybe allow Hutchinson to not be double teamed on every player or the majority of plays. So that'll be fascinating. For what it's worth, I would pick Ajabo second. Ross actually quietly would have a chance at third. He's a better pass rusher than he gets credit for. Um, so it really just depends on how often Michigan sends him to the quarterback. But uh, he he was he was actually pretty good last season at it. But I think it'd be Ajabo. It sounds like he might be the second edge guy anyways. So, you know, either him, Welshoff is kind of interesting. Uh, two, two total wild cards in terms of what they look like for the whole season, but those would be two names that stand out to me. Maybe a, maybe a defensive lineman figures it out. But uh, next up, freshman of the year on offense and defense. This is not necessarily the best freshman, but the one who makes the biggest impact on the team, offense and defense. Your thoughts? Uh, offense, it's got to be Edwards. Feels like it, yeah. Right. If, if Michigan wasn't, because they do feel pretty deep, at receiver, if it if they were a little bit thinner, I think Andrew Anthony would maybe have had a say there. But I'll go with Donovan Edwards for sure. I think he's the one that is – well, he's – if we're being honest, he's the only true freshman that Jim Harbaugh has actually flat out said is going to play. So um, as soon as I asked the question, I realized – because technically Jabril Peppers won freshman of the year in 2015, did he not, for the Big Ten? Is – does your answer change if it's expanded to let's say freshmen who didn't play in four games last season? That's a tough one. Um, I so actually not... think I'd, I think I'd still go with Edwards. Okay. Honestly. I think I would um, too. I was, that's, that's, no, that's a good thinking, question. Yeah. It's a fair, you know, redshirt freshman type deal. I, I think I would, I'd go with Edwards. Um, Henning might be in, in Wilson. Roman Wilson might be the, although they played in all every game last year. So as did Zach Zinter. Yeah. I think it'd be Edwards for me too. Got to go with Edwards. Defensive side of the ball, and you can you can count redshirt freshman here. Tough one. Um, Hill Green, maybe. Yeah, if it's if it's going if if it's twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, I think Hill Green actually probably has to be the answer. Um, R. Only R. J. played Moten, eight snaps last season. R. J. Moten, maybe the other guy. I don't know mm-hmm. if, if with the true as far as the true true freshmen go. You know, Junior Colson was a little banged up in fall camp. Uh, he'll play. I just don't know if it's a guy that we're going to see immediately. Also, probably, I know we've heard really good things about Rod Moore, but Michigan's pretty deep at safety. The other one, though, I think we talked a little bit about is Jaden McBurrow's yep. in the corner. I could see him establishing himself as a rotation guy this year. Uh, possibly, right? I, you know, and but I, he's another one that's walked out. He's, he's showed up and impressed big time. So, those would kind of be the names as far as the true freshmen go. Haven't heard anything of the of the interior guys up front of Benny. I think Rooks is going to have some growing to do. But with Benny, Awana, I think they really like Awana, but I think he's a year or two away still. I think he's got a, yeah. uh, a little raw. But um, Being 306 yeah. already doesn't hurt, but but yeah, I think. Oh, can I go, we'll go back, though. I think the other name to keep an eye on offensively would be uh, Hanson. Ah, okay. He's already 
like the biggest tight end on their roster. I mean, he came in at six five. What was it? His six five two fifty two or something like that. Like, yeah, his his measure measurables jumped out to me more than almost anybody on the roster. Uh, I just think being at that size alone, if he shows anything, you know, we know Michigan likes to travel four, and they usually like to get three guys legit playing time. You know, there's a lot of between probably at that third spot between him and Hibner, um, who, to be fair, Harbaugh had a lot to say about Hibner, who could also qualify for that for that spot because he, he didn't play last year. So yep. um, Hanson would be another guy on the periphery maybe to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, I think my picks would be Donovan Edwards, Nakai Hill Green. I think the runners-up would be Andrell Anthony and I, I guess R.J. Moten. Uh, you know, I, maybe those are like the, the lane picks, but that's, that's who I pick. Uh, those are, I feel like those are the ones in the two deep. Those are the ones projected to play significantly. So those are my picks. Most improved player of the year on offense and defense. Any calling your shot here a little bit. Anyone you're really convinced is going to not necessarily break out because breakout players are a little different, but maybe change a lot of people's minds about them this fall. I'm going to, probably piss some people off with this one. I'm going to go with Andrew Vistardis. Uh, we're projecting him to, to win that center spot. And I really like what Jim Harbaugh had to say about him. And then, like I said, what we talked about a couple of the offensive line preview that I don't think people realized last year, uh, very, very banged up, was not close to healthy, should not have played against Wisconsin. I don't remember when he officially ended up, I think it was the last two games for sure, he sat out. I don't know, but he was definitely banged up before that. Uh, he's back at hundred. He's a hundred percent. The players he's the, I think, I feel like from what we've been told, he really is kind of that leader up front. Uh, so I think he's been sold a little bit short. You know, I think the thing is, is you hear that, you know, and we talked about it to be fair, but cause it was, that's what was going on. It was a possibility that Zinter would take that job, put Keegan at left guard, put Stuber at right or, uh, put Stuber or Barnhart or however they decide the right guard, right tackle deal, depending on Jones and Barnhart and Stuber or whatever, but that that's your most talented five, you know, and Vistardis kind of got pushed back. Uh, I'm, but, but he's a guy who's basically been a, a real leader for that entire unit this off season and in camp. Uh, so, and I think there's a lot to that, especially at the center position. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him uh, offensively, defensively. This is kind of a cop-out pick. I think Daxton Hill really maybe makes the impact this year that we know he's capable of making. I think he take I think he becomes a guy that contends for all conference honors, like high all conference honors. Really another one. He's another one of the reasons why I think Michigan's defense is going to be a lot better than they were last year. I think I think this is a I think he likes how Michigan contract year. Yeah, it is. And he <laughs> likes it. It really is. Uh, he likes how Michigan, Michigan's going to use him a lot of different ways. You know, I, I just think if there's anybody who, a, a star level player who needed a reset button from last season, I think it's him. I think, I think it's going to be a, a big year for him. And I think he really kind of has a big breakout. On offense, I'm also going to annoy people too. Cause I mean, the nature of being most improved is you probably had fans that didn't like you that much before. I'm going to go with Mike Sainer still. I think he, um, He's going to have a more expanded role with Giles Jackson gone, although quietly he was starting over Giles Jackson at the end of the last season. Um, and, and I mentioned the chemistry with Cade McNamara. 
you know, speedy, shifty. I think he's going to help, you know, with kind of the short yardage passes and, and just kind of pick up. I mean, it, it, I don't think they're going to throw as many deep balls or, or big time bombs this year. I think it's going to be a lot more find the slot guy over the middle of the field. Um, seems to be Cade's game. Maybe I'm wrong there, but that's just from what I saw last year. That seems to be what he likes. On defense, I am going to take the bait that Michigan is very clearly lining up for us. I'm going to say Josh Ross. Um, you know, I think the coverage numbers are, are brutal. We talked about that in the linebacker episode. I don't know if that's going to be fixed overnight, but I think that Michigan will be able to do slightly better at maybe protecting him from those kind of numbers. And, and, and I think, you know, he's slimmed down a little bit, at least from my eye test and from what he said, he's slimmed down a little bit, gotten a little bit leaner. And that might be the difference. That, that might be the difference in just, you know, chasing down a couple players or sticking with, you know, it's a, a receiver for a second longer. Uh, I, I think, I don't think he'll make the strides Daxton Hill makes. I, I do think Daxton Hill will look the part of an NFL draft pick. I don't know if Ross will, but in terms of going from maligned, too solid i'm gonna take the bait and say and say josh ross finally offense and defensive mvps i have to think the defensive prediction will be uh, unanimous and pretty easy who, who do you got on offense at defense we're going hutchinson right offense yeah, yeah. offense I, I i will i'll go hassan haskins uh michigan should be really this is what we talked about the question of the offensive line was can they produce? They're talented. They have talent, depth, experience. Like I know, I think you had said, not as much experience as maybe it feels like, but they do have experience. Uh, with that in mind, combine that with Haskins' numbers, you know, there isn't any reason why he shouldn't have a really good year for them, honestly. It's just, it, it's, it seems to be lining up for him to be very productive. And I think his running style, I think the scenarios Michigan can give him the football, I think are, are he's the type of guy that can really, act in a weird way, could really kind of open everything else up. You know, because you have to, you know, second and three, second and four, you have to respect the possibility of them giving him the ball. Yeah. And that can open up a whole ton of different opportunities for Michigan in the passing game and in the running and maybe in other aspects of the running game. Uh, you could, you know, he's, that's the other thing about Haskins. He like I, I think I said before, he's almost built like a like how a Chris Floyd or a BJ Askew was built at Michigan is like one of those like guys that kind of looks like a fullback but can run like a running back. Means you can put Coram out in the same in the same set with him, yeah. And then those two can kind of riff off each other. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Haskins. Uh, the guy's come a long way. Uh, he's been a, I feel like he's another guy that's quietly been a team leader, more of a lead by example kind of guy. And uh, yeah, like I said, the more we talk about him and the more the, like, the, like I said, the, a lot of this comes from that great stat dive you did on him, but really feels like a guy that can kind of open everything else up for them offensively. Yeah, I think, I think I, I have to agree. I, we outlined why I think he'll be the leading rusher. I, I outlined why I think he does well. I do think the team really responds to him too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's named captain uh, when it's all said and done. I, I think it's this weekend, actually, if they decide captains. So yeah, I think I think this is a season where Michigan, well, maybe not in every game, but I, I think the games that they should kind of win but might not be guaranteed to win, 
I think they look to Haskins to, to close the deal. And, and, you know, I think an offensive lineman could win MVP. I just, I don't know if anyone, as much as Michigan coaches love Zach Sinter, I, I don't know if anyone's going to set the world on fire in that sense. I, I think it's, I think this is Haskins year to win MVP for the offense might be a boring pick there for, for Haskins and Hutchinson, but um, you know, they've kind of established themselves. They, they've kind of shown that they're going to do that. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you've hopefully you enjoyed the season prediction episode for Steve Lorenz. I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. We'll see you next time.